Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the UK commodity markets by my colleague Jason Durden, our Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management. Now, Jason, we're running out of superlatives to describe what's been happening in the markets, but some of the prices have been going down as well as up. And in response to the extraordinary situation with, with energy prices, the government is starting to move now, isn't it, to help support some energy-intensive businesses that really could be in quite serious trouble this winter. Hello, Jeremy. Yeah, tumultuous times in uh, UK, European and global energy, really. We've seen massive moves that have precipitated some government interest at long last. I mean, I think some of these things uh, date back, but rumours circulating as we record this are that the government is going to make loans available to energy-intensive uh, gas users to stave off the what the government would see as short-term price anomalies, sort of four times plus the long-term average. I think that's not quite what the market or, or the users were lobbying for last week. And um, it would be very interesting to sort of unpack it when we suspect it will be announced in the next few days. But it definitely seems to be the government sort of underlining its point that if it makes loans available to sensitive industries, one, I think it learned the lessons of the unintended consequences from fertiliser and CO2. But uh, probably for the uh, EIUG wider group, it probably doesn't do anything to support those that are surviving on fairly thin margins and, and ultimately long term could be relocated anywhere in the lower cost base in the globe. Well, I think that's right, sadly, Jason. Uh, having spoken to some of my former colleagues in those industries over the last few days, I can tell you they remain very concerned about whether the package goes far enough to them. Um, but at least something's happening now. Government clearly realises there's a problem. And if you think of heavy industries being the backbone of manufacturing, there's an awful lot of other consumers of those products in the supply chain that have a vested interest in making sure you know production remains at, at current levels and doesn't get cut back or worse factories closed over the winter but you know these loans aren't going to do anything for an ordinary manufacturer or for for other service businesses that are suffering at the moment will they no not at all well we're still living through a hugely volatile market at the moment with i think yesterday market moves on the first two or three months in the gas curve were 12 percent intraday and i suppose you know that could be good for some of the financials but uh Clearly, for those trying to uh, risk manage actual consumption of energy, it's proving very difficult, not least to say, I think last Wednesday, where we saw prices move intraday, a multiple of their long-term average prices. So contracts moving one pound, one pound thirty within the day, political statements abounding and uh, all sorts of uh, technical trading going on albeit on relatively low volumes. So, as I say, we are living through uncharted, unprecedented times in terms of uh, energy supply. And, you know, that's based around, uh, will Europe get enough gas for, uh, for a winter season? Well, indeed. And with that in mind, I mean, we've all seen the astonishing prices that have been reached. You know, each week goes by and, and a higher price seems to be hit. But we have seen some correction. And it sounds from what you're saying, this seems to be almost more a technical correction than a change in sentiment in the market. But there have been, you know, remarks by President Putin and other things that seem to have uh, calmed the markets down a tiny bit. Is there any sign of a change in sentiment or is it still looking, you know, as, as the volatility suggests, quite risky out there? 
the pattern is developing. As I say, we saw this. Uh, we'd obviously had this big bull move up well over two pounds a therm, two pound fifty a therm, and then we were looking towards three pound last Wednesday when the front month gas contract suddenly reached uh, fractions under four hundred and eight pence a therm in what can only be described as a frenzied attack on the shorts. I think every financial trader was being stopped out, and there was just a rush to cover off positions. Then we saw the statement, warm words from the Kremlin that said, yes, there will be enough gas and this isn't a problem. Well, they are not too much more than warm words that, uh, at this stage. But ultimately, that technical formation has been likened to a blow-off top, which is uh, well known in uh, amongst stock traders. But you know, I think there are one or two problems with that in terms of volume around what's being traded on UK gas and power. There's not been heavy downside selling from those people that got the right move at the top there. Market is still multiples of its long-term average. Market is still well over £2 a therm, well over £200 a megawatt hour. And that for end users remains, you know, in all-time high, unsustainable territory, if not the worst excesses of last week. So, you know, for them, not only are these prices awful, but 10 and 12% volatility intraday is uh, making their life uh, incredibly difficult. I'm sure. And let's just hope that there's some good news to take some of that, uh, you know, volatility and uh, and pressure out of the markets before too long. Clearly, if we have a difficult winter and if there's low wind speeds, we could be in a rather difficult situation. But, you know, related to that, of course, is, is another commodity we haven't mentioned yet, carbon. The demand for gas as a power generating fuel and, and other things have an influence on this. But, you know, what is the current state with the carbon prices in the UK and European markets? They're still high, I think. They are still high, but they're off recent tops. And it was quite uh, interesting to see the, uh, we've, we've often said that carbon is, uh, you know, heavily distorted by a lot of investment activity, uh, rather than being a classic sort of uh, user commodities market. Uh, and that was never more evident than last week. So while we've got all these huge multiples and absolute highs and ridiculous numbers being banded around UK, European gas and power markets, we actually see a 10% fall week on week in carbon. It, those magic words. The EU and the UK were, were both talking about uh, regulator intervention and uh, investors get very windy about those sorts of things, especially where they've pushed carbon from you know 25 euros to sort of 60 euros in around a year. We also saw some distortions we talked about before in the UK market, which typically traded around parity to the EU contract. And then unexplicably for a couple of weeks, opened up this massive premium and spread to the EU contract, at, uh, which peaked at £21 a tonne, you know, not, not uh, about a third of the value of the overall contract. So, you know, massively significant. Well, yeah, sure, we've seen that. A few uh, primary auctions rather than uh, reliance on the, a, a very small and distortable secondary market has seen that fall back to around 10. I'd say that still looks rather high. You'd expect UK and, and EU contracts to be relatively trading in parity or, or near parity. I suspect, you know, a little bit more to come, but carbon really has looked a bit more in tune with uh, the concerns of uh, equity investors of late than following the uh, rampant trend upwards in the energy sector itself. Well, possibly that's that's good news. We need a firm price of carbon for carbon decarbonisation purposes. But on the other hand, you know, it's starting to hit our power users very, very hard. So 
keeping that under control, um, you know, and not not triggering intervention to try and release more allowances and, and moderate it is probably no bad thing. And turning now to oil, I mean, there are some similarities, aren't there, between oil and gas, but also some differences too. Are we seeing some, um, you know, moderation in the oil markets, do you think? I think we're seeing a little bit of perhaps uh, not uh, jealousy is the wrong word, but I think a lot of oil longs have been looking at what's gone on in gas and thought oil's doing its own thing. Oil has at the same time in the last week or 10 days steadily moved up. It breached 80. The US WTI contract uh, moved to a seven-year high above 80, despite actual stocks uh, in the US over the last couple of weeks actually turning a corner and, and building rather than drawing down. I think if you wind back just over a week or so, OPEC Plus perhaps getting a little bit comfortable with uh, much higher pricing in oil and deciding not to introduce more oil into the market, just keeping the 400,000 barrels a day increase that they agreed uh, some time ago. That set the signal to uh, the uh, the speculative, as in non-oil using investors. And uh, we know from exchange data that those positions have now been extended to the point where they are beginning to look a little bit... Uh, perhaps out of steam and might indicate that we see uh, a little bit of a correction. But, you know, underpinning that, you've got this massive move in gas markets that has seen gas trading up to and at points over $200 a barrel equivalent. We're now for the first time in certainly probably 10 or maybe even 15 years seeing people talk about gas to oil switching as being, you know, in the money, a, a real thing. And, uh, you know, some quotes I've seen from some analysts are saying it's half a million barrels a day in terms of um, increased uh, global demand if people are switching out of gas. So still a lot to go on. Has oil reached 100? No. Is it sort of feeling the pressure of the bullish environment which it finds itself in? Yes. Um, whilst the investors are still keen to push money into oil, I think it, it looks increasingly unlikely that we'll see a pullback until or unless OPEC actually signal that they will respond by introducing more of the withheld volume. And I think that's the real danger, but the difference perhaps between uh, gas and oil, a lot of the supply issues in oil are actually our supplier generated. Whereas, you know, perhaps with the exclusion of Nord Stream 2, the gas issues more globally are about demand. Quite. And, and, you know, thinking about what all of this means for the economy generally and, and the demand for all sorts of fuels and energy, is there a danger that, you know, these sort of high prices could lead to stagflation, the return to the 1970s phenomenon of low growth and high inflation? And could we even be looking at recessions in some parts of the world next year if things don't start to moderate? I think if this winter goes badly from an energy point of view and these multiple highs are sustained across not just gas and power but oil as well, I think that's already baked in and I think governments and central banks have been caught out. Their, their talk of transitory energy is so key to everything that um, it's almost uh, structural at the point where I think the current forecast is for 6% by the spring inflation in the UK. It really narrows what uh, central banks can do. They will be forced to start trying to moderate the demand side by pushing up interest rates. I think an already fragile supply side for all sorts of reasons uh, is going to struggle under increased finance pressures. You know, UK looking at what they ended last year at... Uh, 
you know, one of the most indebted countries in Europe. Government still seems happy to print money to bail out as we started this conversation. I think there are lots of warning signs all over the place that uh, I think the uh, COVID-19 will become payable uh, with the maturity note of 2022. And uh, I don't think governments are really preparing for it or, or ready for it. Well, on that slightly depressing note, Jason, thank you. We're clearly in extraordinary times. And as you say, with a number of warning lights flashing. So although there may not be much good news there for energy users, the one thing we can all do is make sure we're as well informed as we can be about the markets. So I hope you found that useful. And if you'd like to find out more, do have a look at our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK and have a look at our reports there. And do look out for another podcast from us again soon. 